Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Brown Bag Bets, powered by BetSports. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and he is recovering from all that ranch water he drank on the deep dive last night. So Matt Rooney joins us here on a very busy day. I mean, I kind of shut it down a little bit last night, Matt, once the Rockets game sort of closed itself off, turned everything off, slept in a little bit this morning. Did I miss anything? Um, you know, I think a lot of us missed a lot of things while we were sleeping overnight. Apparently I woke up and, you know, as I usually do, you know, before I get out of bed and go get the coffee, I just kind of scroll Twitter, lay in bed for like five, 10 minutes. And I keep seeing tweets about how, like, they didn't see like the Woj tweet or, or Shams or whoever had it or like any official <laughs> announcement. It, it was just more like, man, like the Suns owner is like the, the Suns are positioned so much like better for this trade because they have a new owner who's aggressive it's like what are, like, like stuff like that and it's like what like they haven't are they is are they in talks is it like rumors and then it's like oh no like he's traded to the suns like this happened at three o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning or whatever whatever it was and i caught up it's like oh well i wish this happened in real time but that was pretty cool it really was and that's what we'll start with and there was a bunch of trades yesterday i mean obviously the kevin durant trade is the big one again if you have not heard the phoenix suns acquire kevin durant and tj warren for cam johnson michael bridges jay crowder four first round picks four four first round picks i mean i guess they don't really matter because the suns are you know they matter but they're end of the first round picks basically yeah, every year. and a pick swap so kind of four and a half picks there i always i like the pick swap that's always kind of fun i mean so you have that deal there. Um, a couple other smaller trades before we get back quickly to that. Um, Yaka Pertle goes to the Raptors for some reason. I, I guess they're going to try to double yeah. down and see if they. I was actually going to ask you about that. That trade really confused me. Like I, I, they were selling and now they're trading for Yaka Pertle. Like what's what? Yeah, I get why the Spurs are trading and they want one from Indiana, but like I just got very confused by that move. I think it's Toronto kind of, like you said, having a foot in each side of the line, trying to do, you know, Ken Burch is something that didn't really play for them. The second round picks aren't that valuable. It gives them a center for this year. And they've always liked Pirtle. I believe they drafted him. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly player. how that, that worked out. But he's solid. You know, the Knicks get Josh Hart. Um, I am wrong for th- a third time about the Russell Westbrook contract being untradeable. Um, it is amazing that that deal's kind of been put to the side here because sneaky nice move for the Lakers here. They give away Russell Westbrook, um, a a first-round pick, and they get D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. Now, uh, some imperfect players there. Malik Beasley is going to be great. He's exactly what the Lakers need, good three-point shooter, solid defensive player. D'Angelo Russell's good. They need another guard, another ball handler there. He's going to struggle defensively. And Jared Vanderbilt's a nice little buy-low candidate. Um, The Jazz get Russell Westbrook, which is awesome. I kind of want to buy a Russell Westbrook Utah Jazz jersey. I mean, we'll see if he actually plays for them. But what was your question on that one? I look at that trade and – the Lakers, it's a great return. And I look at what the Jazz and what the Timberwolves get back, and all I can think of is why. Like, I don't understand from their point of view what the point of making this deal was. I know I saw what, like 2027 protected first from the Lakers went one way. So, like, okay, it's a protected first round pick if they're really bad by 2027. Like, I don't understand why either of those teams wanted to make that move. It just seems like a move that makes the Lakers better and the other two teams, whatever. So you got to think about it in its pieces. So if you're the Minnesota Timberwolves, you effectively trade uh, Malik Beasley and D'Angelo Russell for Mike Conley, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and a handful of second-round picks. That's an improvement for Minnesota. 
Um, Mike Conley Jr. is going to fit in much better on this team. He's going to bring some defense. Um, D'Angelo Russell better on offense, but not in a way that the Minnesota Timberwolves really need him to be. Okay. He's a nice fit. Um, always nice to pick up some extra picks like that. You know, they can be used. You can put them together and stuff. You, a lot of teams have been good about that. Nikhil Alexander Walker is a decent little player. So as much as, you know, I think they'll miss Malik Beasley, I get why the Timberwolves do that, right? Mike Conley Jr. is probably the best player in that little tiny group there. Um, they'll be better. Is there. he still, be- how good is he still? I know he's getting older. He's on the back nine of his career, but like what, what, what point are we at in his career? Is he still a guy that's a starting point guard on a, a, a contender or a playoff team or what? He's not going to be a huge piece, but like think of Kyle Lowry kind of like two years ago, kind of on okay. Kyle Lowry's like last year in Toronto. He's kind of at that point. Okay. Um, so you look at that, the Jazz, they get a first round pick. That's all they care about. They trade Jared Vanderbilt um, and I think Nikhil Alexander War. I'm sorry, they trade Mike Conley and Jared Vanderbilt basically for a first round pick. Westbrook will probably get bought out. That's just fine. Um you know, you're the Jazz. You're just trying to collect picks here. So, I mean, maybe not the best there. Maybe Westbrook does play. Maybe that's kind of fun. We'll see. But um, And then the Lakers, like you said, it's really nice. But the big deal, again, Kevin Durant gets traded here. And, and what does that mean? So um, you take a look at this Phoenix Suns roster, and it looks really impressive here. Um, you know, the depth chart at this point, when everybody's healthy, it's going to be Chris Paul, Devin Booker, probably Torrey Craig there. I'm, I'm curious to see who they kind of fill in that last spot. Kevin Durant and DeAndre Ayton. Now, you've seen the championship odds have moved a bunch. And I agree that they should have moved, but I think things have gone a little too far at this point. Um, third favorite to win the title behind the Celtics and Bucks. That means they're the favorite to win the Western Conference over the Denver Nuggets. Um, we've seen time and time again these kind of trades they're really tough. I mean, teams generally don't win the same season. They make a big move like this. Now, uh, the exception that proves the rule there a little bit, the Kawhi Leonard trade, he goes to Toronto, wins the title mm-hmm. the same year. But, I mean, he entered a totally built setup ecosystem, a team of guys that have played together for three, four, five years and have really gelled. And, and the Suns are, are similar in that way. And I'm curious to see, again, how quickly Durant gets slid in. But it now becomes a team with a pretty short bench, which matters less in the playoffs. But I wonder what this team's going to do with some really poor secondary pieces. I mean, starting Torrey Craig is not something you really want to be doing. Um, again, you start to look further down the bench here. Um, Cameron Payne will still be nice. Lange Shamit's an okay piece. I mean, if TJ Warren can get healthy, maybe. So I don't think that there's any value here in betting the Phoenix Suns at this point. I- I'm going to wait and see kind of how things go. Um, I still think maybe people are underestimating the Nuggets at the same time, thinking the West is a little too wide open. Um, Holt, I would not buy the Warriors. Uh, something is not right in, in Golden State. Um, when you go back and look at classic Warriors championship teams, defense. Um, you know, we all think about the way they change the game offensively and spacing and things like that. They did. But if you go back and look, those are some of historically the best defenses in the NBA. So until they can get back to that, and even with Steph Curry healthy, I wonder what the Warriors are going to be able to do. Um, yeah. Jazz under 30 jazz under for the regular season wins. This, this should help quite a bit here. Um, you know, moving a couple things. We'll see. I mean, they continue to be fun. And again, I wouldn't play kind of that Suns division odds either. So a ton of moving pieces. Um, I'm kind of surprised that Durant still got a few there. hours so, left too. I know. I kind of thought Brooklyn would hold steady with Durant. I thought that'd be an interesting team with him, but you know, opportunity knocks and they, and they offer you four first round yeah. picks. You take, you kind of have take to take that at that point. And I, it, honestly, I, I think, your initial like 
guess of what they were going to do is probably right. They were probably pretty set on holding them unless they holding on to KD till the off season, figure out that unless they kind of got the Godfather offer. And it seems like the Nets kind of, or the, the Suns, excuse me, gave them the Godfather offer. And like, I know they don't have KD and Kyrie and they don't really have a true star anymore, but like, that's a team with some pretty interesting, like solid veteran NBA players that is not, you know, it's, it's not a pushover team by any means. Like they're, they're a solid basketball team. They still need a star, but like they got some pieces. Yeah. It'll be a fun team the rest of the way. A lot of flexibility there again, completely out of the race for a championship contender. I mean, I don't even think there'll be a kind of a fun playoff team at this point, but I think that they're going to win games as we go through the regular season. And with that in mind, let's take a look at the Thursday slate. No bets for me, but I think you'll understand pretty quickly. We've got four games. One involves the Suns. We're seven-point underdogs, the Atlanta Hawks. I don't even know what to do with that. Um, and not only don't is it a touch Hawks it with game, a ten-foot pole. Yeah, I, I don't know what the Phoenix Suns are going to be doing tonight after that big trade. Again, Booker's still out. Durant obviously is not going to play tonight, and uh, that roster is just kind of a mess. So uh, that's a stay away. Um, you know, the Nets they host um, your Chicago Bulls as one-point favorites, and, and another game that. I really struggle to wrap my head around. Now you look at this Nets team, as long as Cam, Cam Thomas continues to play well and, and scoring the ball and takes over that offensive load, Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith really helped the defense. It's it's kind of a tough team, I think, for your Chicago Bulls. But again, it's so much turnover. So I got to kind of avoid that game. Now the Nuggets host the Magic, our Orlando Magic, I guess, host the Denver Nuggets. Um, I saw somebody, and I can't quite see the name there in the chat, thought, uh, you know, Magic money line, go for it. Um, backstage tattoo. Thank you very much, Dan. Um, yeah, the Magic money line, it's always worth a little bit of a sprinkle at home against some better teams, but uh, the Nuggets are pretty solid. There's no bad schedule stuff here. And again, this came right out on, on top of my numbers. I was thinking about playing the Lakers. And again, I know that they were involved in some of these trades here. And, you know, they're going to be missing Russell Westbrook. But this is a game where if LeBron James and Anthony Davis play, you get a little bump of having no Westbrook and things like that. So if LeBron's in tonight, I might take the six points there with the Lakers. But again, have to wait on some of those injuries. So, you know, the trade's not only affecting the futures market, but making a rather messy Thursday night. So, um, lean again, lean magic, lean Suns for some reason, lean Lakers if LeBron's in. But unfortunately, no official NBA plays. But Thankfully, you're here, and you've got hockey for us, and I love all this. This looks like a lot of fun. I'm so, I'm glad you're not wearing your Flyers hat because I am fading them today. It's just it, it's nothing That's against right. them. They're just they're just not very good. Yeah, you're you're in the same boat as me as a hockey fan. Like we're we want to lose here. We want to lose, and we want to lose often. And I think they're going to do that tonight because they're going up against an Edmonton Oilers team um, that scores a lot of goals and is a very good hockey team. Um, and that's my first pick here tonight. I'm going to take, I, I didn't have any plus money puck lines uh, last game or last time I was on the show Tuesday. Cause there weren't really any available. Got a couple here for you. And even through a, a little bit of a, a, a home run grand slam, whatever swing at the bottom there, we'll get to it. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Oilers uh, minus one and a half plus plus one twenty six against the Flyers. Uh, pretty standard logic here. Same logic. I always use uh, the Flyers are a very bad hockey team. They haven't been winning many games. The Oilers are a very good hockey team. Uh, the Flyers are oddly enough, like better on the road too. They're not nearly as good of a team at home. Um, they have significantly less points. They have a much worse record at home. Like it's kind of strange. The Oilers are, if you look at their fans record, are distracted, that's fair. And Hey, you know what, if you're not good and the Philadelphia fans are mad at you, they're probably almost rooting or cheering against you. Um, they don't come watch with, losers. Exactly. Um, and the Oilers come into town tonight. they're, they're really a team that they're, they're the same team away from home as they are in Edmonton. They're really, really good. 
they score, uh, I think they're at 32% on the power play at home and like 31% on the road. So it doesn't really matter if they get the man advantage, they're probably going to score. Um, the Flyers are just not very good all around. So we're going to take the Oilers, really good team who can score a ton of goals, uh, plus money puck line against a just bad Flyers team who's kind of in the tank trying to lose. Uh, the New York Islanders. I was wrong on my Kraken money line pick. They absolutely shellacked the Kraken uh, four to nothing the other night. Um, they had come off three straight, I think two to one, two to one, one nothing wins. weren't really scoring a lot of goals. Um, they came out and scored a ton against the Kraken and shut them out. They're still a really, really good defensive hockey team, uh, and they're playing really good right now. So we're going to take the Islanders, laying the one uh, one and a half at plus one oh eight, slim uh, slim plus money there. But Vancouver, even after the coaching change, usually you kind of see some sort of like boost there. Uh, not so much. They have two wins since the coaching change. I think like two and five, but the two wins have come against the Blackhawks and the Blue Jackets, who are at the bottom of the NHL and two teams actively tanking. So like congrats i guess he got those two other than that they've been terrible they've played some pretty solid teams and have not not only been losing but they haven't been covering that puck line and then the kraken and the devils we're going to take them to go to overtime at plus 320 the devils six of their last seven games have gone to overtime or a shootout i mean that's i, I know we're running out of like we got to be running out of juice at some point but that's a trend at this point six of their last seven these two teams also played uh, right before the all-star break, I believe it was, went to overtime. It was a 4-3 crack and win uh, in New Jersey. So we're going to – or I think it was in – I don't remember what it was. It doesn't really matter. Um, so we're going to – just a little bit of a sprinkle here. Plus 320, watch the crack and the Devils game. Root for both teams. Root for both teams to score. Root for both teams to play defense. It's fun. You don't really have a team you're rooting for or against. You just get to root for some good hockey. And we, we go to overtime, we get a little bit over 3-1. to one. But that, I wanted to find something fun here because I haven't quite found the second period over yet. Um, we're looking for it, but it's it's tough to find out there. I mean, you know, there's not gold in all them mountains, but I'm sure no. you keep digging. You'll find something. Maybe devil's overtimes are just the new bet for it. That's the new that's the new second period overtime. Do you have any, I just like, bet that every time. Can you think of any reason that's happening? Are they particularly low scoring games? Is it a style of play thing? Like I mean, uh, it, can you think of any sort of reasons why this might be happening? I mean, the Devils are a team that kind of slow things down. They kind of always have been. They play, They just tend to play tighter hockey games. They're not the greatest offensive team in the NHL. They do tend to play a little bit of lower scoring games. I, maybe that's a reason why, because they, it just kind of lends to the style of hockey they play. Maybe they sit on leads a little bit more than other teams, and sometimes that comes back to bite them. Instead of separating, going up two or three or three or four goals, they're kind of sitting back and getting you know more into that prevent defense type mode in the NFL that always seems to lend up lend to the scoring goal. That's, that's probably the best guess, but really it's likely just a total fluke at this point. And let's keep riding it. You know, you don't, you don't step in front of the train. You jump no, on. And you're exactly. Late. You get it. Now, pretty crazy thing happened. This happened for me. This is one of my bets in the show. And it's not just the miracle Sacramento Kings win to cash our first half full-time bet. We hit an under I'm tennis match. So happy for sets. you for hitting that. I and you talk. You come in there uh, the um, the waiting room this morning for this show with a bigger smile on your face than I've seen you have in like months. And it's like, well, you're having a good morning. I say, yep, already already hit a bet and they was a tennis under in three sets. So why don't you tell us about that before getting into your bets at, at Linz? It's one of my favorite things. So my favorite thing in tennis is about once every couple of years, two players will play a set and all there is is breaks. They get to a tiebreaker. There's 12 games, all 12 of them are breaks. I call it the broken set. I love a broken set. Pretty close to the broken set is a three set under. Um, 
This happens very rarely, but a couple times a year. And it seems to happen, too, on both sides, men and women. But our Daria Kasakina, um, Jill Teichman match goes 1-6-6-0-6-2 for count them all up, 21 games. Oh, it's so nice. It's always better to be lucky than good. It really is. Oh, I mean, no one's actually good at gambling. It's just it's That's not true. research combined with luck. It's something like that. But it's nice to have some positive variance. I kid, people are good at gambling. We're great at gambling. <laughs> It probably makes up for at least one or two NBA totals that have lost by one point this year. But I digress. We've got a couple tennis picks for you. Um, again, as the week goes on, less and less tennis. Nothing in Abu Dhabi at this point. There's um, a match out there right now. Um, right back in has finished and cleaned it up. Uh, Carolina Pliskova in pretty short order. Beatrice Haddad Mai is going to play Yulia Putin save after that. Don't mind Haddad Mai if you're looking for kind of some afternoon action. Maybe put her in a parlay or something like that. A um, couple matches tomorrow. Benjic deserves to be a big favorite over Rogers. Kuder Matova, Samsonova is going to be awesome. Um, but they got all the numbers right there. However, in Linz, continue to find some value here in Austria. It's Austria is where we Linz know that is. now. Not the other country that I thought it was then. I'm not going to say so. I don't confuse myself. Um, I'm going to continue to play these first set overs. Um, it's been a great tournament for these. Again, we're indoors. The court's fast. Much better conditions for servers. Um, we're seeing sets with much bigger holds. And as you know, I start to look at it. The totals uh, for the full match have adjusted a lot more 22s, but again, still that imbalance in terms of first set, second set games. And we'll start with Clara Towson playing against Camilla Georgie. This will start about 30, 40 minutes or so after we finish the show. It should be a really fun match. If you have a chance to watch it, you can find a way to stream it. Um, two really fun players. And if you're interested in pretty women, Camilla Georgie is about as good looking as anybody on planet Earth. So something nice to watch. They'll also play some good tennis, and it should be a great first set. Um, actually stacked this one up a little bit. Um, played some over 10 and a half as well as some over 12 and a half at a few other spots. Again, smaller tournaments. They're not open everywhere. But if you have a chance, go ahead and do that. Um, had this, honestly, closer to 10. So over nine and a half at less than standard juice sounds great. Uh, next match up here, Van Utvank and Martich. Van Utvank, a much better player, a much different player indoors. Um, generally very competitive. Now, uh, Martich is starting to play some better tennis. Her form has, has gotten much better after kind of a down year last year. Um, but still look at this. Had this at 10 myself, so over 9.5 at standard juice or better. And again, poke around. There's some wildly different prices depending on what you have access to. So double-check all that stuff. But let's take two first-half overs in the two matches this afternoon in Linz. I like it. I like overs. I'm a little bit upset we didn't get a plus money, but that's okay. Close enough to I even looked. money there. I'll take I know you did. I know you always there try to get me plus one. Money out there. There's got to be one somewhere. But on the board, that's what we got. I like it. <laughs> Maybe I'll parlay on both and get myself some plus money. And they didn't do any favors. There's not even like really any plus money. All these matches are really close. Well, like we the underdogs are minus one hundred five. What's that? It's annoying. That's that's no fun. It's not a real underdog. I got to parlay stuff now. Yeah, it's it's not close enough to be an underdog. I don't like that. All right, that's all we got today because we need the time tomorrow. Super Bowl extravaganza. We got a three man weave tomorrow. All sorts of that stuff. Yeah, there'll be a three man weave. Hopefully Andy, Andy is is up and ready to go. Worst case, we'll make Dan come in and talk through some more Super Bowl stuff again. All sorts of props. Get ready with your questions. We'll talk about other sports, but Super Bowl tomorrow. See you then.